Welcome back to the Twilight Terrors. We're your host, Julia. And this week, we're back finally, and we wanted to recap the Idaho murders with you guys because a lot of new information is coming out and we feel like we need to discuss. We would like to apologize for our mid-season break between COVID, um, midterms, and our busy schedules. We decided to take a little mid-season break, but we started our season with the Idaho cases, and that's how we're going to pick this season back up. So as Lakin just said, um, we want to dive back into this Idaho case because a lot of new information has come out. But before we get into the new stuff, I will do a quick little recap. Um, To get more in-depth details, definitely go listen to the first episode we did in our podcast. Um, But long story short, four University of Idaho students were brutally murdered. And they do have a suspect in custody. His name is Brian Koberger. He was a student at Washington State University. And he's had preliminary hearings and trials just to get him where he needs to go in jail. And that's where he currently is. Um, But we just want to kind of dive into the new stuff. There's definitely been a lot of evidence that has come out recently and more and more keep appearing. Yeah, so that's kind of the things we want to go over because in the last, the last time we did the episode, like, he had just come out as the suspect and he had, like, just kind of been taken in custody. So everything was really, really new and now the dust has kind of settled and we're getting some new information. Um, So I think the biggest thing um, that we have been hearing is that in, what state is it? I'm trying to remember um he possibly could be up for idaho the firing squad so which is crazy i mean that hasn't been a thing in like years it's always been lethal injection so that when i saw that headline i was like holy crap what is going on no this case has i mean yeah it's Crazy I think because there's a bill being put up for it in Idaho right now to bring back the firing squad for him. Yeah, for I mean, this case. he basically, I mean, he's probably going to get the death penalty, if not life in prison without the possibility of parole. But I would assume prosecutors, and I know, um, I think it was Kaylee's parents that came out and did an interview saying that they were pushing for the death penalty. So I think that they, the prosecution's definitely going to try and push for that. But if he does get convicted of that and this bill clears state legislature, it's set in stone like he will be getting death by the firing squad. And they don't know, like, what weapon it'll be yet. Like, nothing of the sorts. They just know that that'll be the way they go about it. The whole thing is mind-blowing, in my opinion. And it's just so insane. And I think this week is when they're um, voting on this bill. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... I feel like they were voting on it pretty soon. Uh, I think you're right. I think it's going to be in the near vicinity of time. But sure, yeah, with I... the, um, putting it on. But I agree with you. I feel like if the firing squad bill doesn't get passed, he will still get the death penalty. Yeah. And obviously, as we and I think know, I think that injection. they said that the only reason they were not looking to do lethal injection is because sometimes it's not as effective. Um, they've had like, I don't know, like the doses weren't strong enough and someone didn't fully die. Like it, I don't know. There were some problems with it and supplies of the drugs they needed were running super, super low and they're hard to get. So that's another problem. I need a little backstory on that. Do you know why that is? I have no clue. 
I mean, the only I'm the only guess confused. the only guess I could make would be again because of COVID. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of like, whether it's food or anything manufactured, a lot of stuff has been backed up for a couple years now. So that is true. It's just concerning to me that like, and it's this like is a governmental. Why can't they even get products well in drugs that? Yeah. That's know, true. Just, I mean, it's weird to me. I feel like also a lot more states are kind of like banning or getting rid of the death penalty. So the need for the That's drugs true. is like lowering. So you, if you don't have that much demand, you're not going to have the supply. Yeah, supply. That's very true. So I don't know. I think it all just depends. Um, but yeah, it's definitely pretty crazy. When I saw that, I was I was definitely shocked. Yeah, so I'm intrigued to see. Because, I mean, for uh crime and punishment in our current justice system i feel like this is one of the biggest like outbursts of oh yeah i mean you haven't heard of anything like this in years and years and years yeah so i feel like that's just absolutely insane yeah and i i don't know how other states then like if this bill passes how other states are going to react yeah i have no idea that will be something that i feel like isn't interesting Yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see the repercussions this has on other states and other legislatures because, and for, like, current inmates that are on death row. I mean... Yeah, what's that going to do? You know, like, if I were... (laughs) If I were sitting on death row, um, I would be... I mean, I would be, like, freaking out. Like, oh, gosh, they're bringing back the death penalty, especially those in Idaho? Like, I'd be worried. Oh, that's true because it's everyone's yeah yeah like if they are on death if that if that bill passes switched over to the firing squad yeah lethal injection yeah but i don't know will that then be their main i don't know like will then defense attorneys and lawyers be like this isn't what i don't know it's just a crazy it's gonna be weird because we haven't had a big switch like this i mean there was like the electric chair to lethal injection but like we haven't had anything like switch back in years and years so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out um but there was just some other like random little updates that like i kind of saw and some of it's speculation some of it's a fact but i think i'm just gonna kind of like read through some of them because I find them interesting and it could if it is proven true like they could play a big part in the case and the prosecution's like you know defense so um starting out he could have potentially had access to the WSU crime lab so um a student he was a PhD student at the Washington State University um in criminology and someone had said that he could have used the crime lab that offered access to police body cam videos and live streams from security cameras. The WSU program runs a complex social interaction lab that gives authorized students access to police surveillance video crime scene footage. Um, the university denied that Koberger was allowed to access the lab, but an anonymous source told Fox News that people could enter it and use it without approval. So if he was able to access that and could see literally like crime scene footage, that's insane. That is, he has so much access. And I mean, from the beginning, and if you listen to the first episode where we were discussing this, the fact that he was a PhD student in criminology and just the knowledge and education that he was gaining for this was 
already scary enough because you know he he was studying this and for him to it be confirmed that he has this much access yeah is terrifying in my opinion i agree i mean i think it's just scary that he had all the the knowledge to begin with and then going into it i feel like he definitely didn't think he was going to be caught (laughs) and so like when he was it was kind of a shock but i mean i definitely i agree i thought i think he thought he was like knew exactly what he was doing and had done all this prep especially if like that survey was or like the survey he did that was him for sure that was confirmed but like those questions like i think he was going to get those answers and figure out what he needed to know and just do it and be done and i mean thankfully that's not what happened but it is a little crazy but he with everything else and all the other early on suspects he thought that that kind of would be a cover for him especially with another stalker or anything of that sort that he thought he could get away i don't think he could have ever anticipated how much attention no this how nationally the intention was huge and everyone's eyes were on this case oh yeah and i think that's where his downfall definitely was i agree i agree for sure and i mean if you think about it like back in 70s 80s if this took place he probably wouldn't have been caught like this is the days where like we have to be so grateful and thankful for the technology we have in these departments because had they not had the DNA or whatever, they would not have got his DNA linked to the sheath. His name would have never came up. The WSU Park Registry, that officer that found it, they the names would have never crossed. Like, no, he would probably not I have been picked up. Say, I am very grateful that in today's day and age, we do have DNA evidence and we do have technology. Yeah. And... It's so advanced, and it's crazy that even thinking, like, in the 90s and early 2000s, yeah. DNA evidence wasn't a big thing. And, it, and it's it was so new. Because that's why there's so many cold cases from yeah. years prior, because we don't have technological advances yet to yeah. have found these people. And, and I think it's just, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, <laughs> but... I feel like he kind of does give me, like, serial killer vibes. Like, I feel like he would kill again if given the chance. He's a little creep. I mean, but for you to be fast, he is studying criminology. Like, clearly he's fascinated with it. Yeah. I think he gets some type of, like, fix off of it. Something happened prior. Yeah. I think he gets some type of fix off of it. Like, it just hits something in his brain that just he gets the satisfaction he needs from it which sounds like really messed up and I mean I'm sure someone with a degree in psychology could go into the the psychology of it like I don't have that degree I'm not qualified to talk on that but (laughs) but like I feel like there is some type of like correlation there like he definitely does like I don't know but I feel like if given the chance he would kill again and like you look back to the 70s and 80s look how many serial killers there were that didn't get caught for years and years and years and they they probably would have been caught at the first crime they committed had there been dna because the amount of blood that was left at the scene the like and they couldn't do anything with it no it was and honestly it was just like bodies just like found you know yeah and 
there was so much potential for someone to be caught but it was so delayed and i think that's why killers were like trying to i know we're kind of getting off track but like i feel like that's (laughs) why killers were like a little bit messier back in the day like people now go to lengths to like mutilate the body or like hide the body back then they just kill him in a hotel walk out and leave the body on the bed like it's just so different yeah no it's it's so scary to me and it's so crazy and that is why i'm glad today we can do that not it's all still extremely wrong and i don't and it's disgusting I'm yeah. just glad that at least sometimes people can get justice today because Agreed. it's so sad that not only do you have to deal with a horrific experience, but you don't even get to, someone can just be walking free. Right. And that's not right at all, but and it, he is like just a creep in my opinion. And yeah. for him to start off, which we do think this is his first attempt but it was a quadruple homicide and i know that we mentioned that before like it's it's a big thing to take on if that's your first killing like either you've done a lot of research or you're talking to someone that i i don't know but for you to be able to go in and do a quadruple homicide the first time you murder someone there has to be something that hasn't been released yet because how does one person get that done between four people and there was another man in the house right that's like four against one i don't know it's just crazy because it's creepy yeah like i am wondering if there is still i'm sure because you know the entire um case has not been like there's still upcoming like and we will do like we will do another recap episode once he actually goes to trial like once there's a verdict and then sentencing i feel like we could even do two minis for that because there's going to be a lot to unpack so like one for the verdict and one for sentencing but we just wanted to do this one just to kind of like catch up before trial some information like this one just really creeped me out when he was arrested he was wearing gloves separating his trash into ziploc bags yeah not that's not incriminating at all like what no he is just and then according to the latal county sheriff um koberger is being placed in his own cell and he's being treated like any other inmate and then he is allowed to speak to his family on the phone so so he's just in his own cell he's not in like solitary confinement or anything and no it just says he's in his own cell it doesn't mention solitary confinement specifically um, but there also is an, a coalition made up of local and national media organizations that are peti- petitioning Latal County Magistrates Judge Megan Marshall's, um, narrow, like, gag order. They want to narrow it. So they want more information to be leaked and released about the case. But obviously this judge put it in place so that this information wasn't leaked and there was no more speculation and that, like... I mean, I don't blame the judge for doing that because either way, the defense or the prosecution's information is going to get leaked and then what you're going to have like a mistrial. Exactly. So, and since it's so big, once again, none of this, we need an accurate trial and yeah. these parents and these families do as well. And The families deserve a fair trial. Yeah. 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 So, 
it's definitely he definitely has some like some red flags like even even before the murders took place like he was terminated from his ta job prior to his arrest um some students said that like he like he made them feel very uncomfortable and then a girl came forward after finding out that he was the murder suspect that um they'd actually she and brian had matched on tinder and he's like come to the movies with me tonight and so they went to the movies and he basically like invited himself into her house and was like touching her and she's like why are you touching me like and she said it wasn't any like sexual way but like just like trying to like tickle her or like massage her shoulders and she's like no i don't like that and he's like i wasn't touching you and she's like yes you were and she said that like she felt that he was gaslighting her so there's just some like weird no but he i didn't even know he was a TA, nor did i know that he got fired yeah he was because again going back to like prior history he had multiple altercations with his professor he was TAing for so the first one was on september 23rd um the professor at wsu was named john snyder and on november 2nd 11 days before the murders department leaders met with him to discuss an improvement plan and then after the killings on december 9th he had a second altercation with the professor and i believe that's when he was fired so and that would make sense because if the second altercation was december 9th and he was he was arrested what the 27th or 28th it was yeah i I believe it was later in that month so yeah i don't know and then the last december 30th i believe yeah no maybe it was it was right before new year's it was like right around that time but um i do the last thing that like i had really found that i hadn't seen anywhere else was and this this is speculation um that's not confirmed or anything but if it is it could it could play a huge part in the trial so it says, according to News Nation, Gonsalves had a Bluetooth speaker in her bedroom, and there might be evidence of Koberger's phone connecting to that device. And then, if Koberger's phone tried to connect with that Bluetooth device, that's what all of our phones do. They're constantly trying to connect with whatever devices that are, whether they're in the Elantra or whether it's in her home, that would go towards placing Koberger physically or his cell phone at the scene of the crime. So that would be huge if that can get confirmed. I mean, that on top of the DNA, so not only is DNA placing him at the crime, but his personal cell phone is being linked to the location. No, that would I be think huge. That's overwhelmingly enough evidence for the jury to confidently say it's okay. It's not just a coincidence or yeah. um you know, anything of that sort. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that's that's pretty much everything, but we just wanted to do this just to kind of like touch base on the case because I mean, it's a horrific thing that happened and I know that kind of like all the hype on TikTok and everything has died down, but like there is a lot of new information coming out about this case and I think it's important to kind of like we started it. I think it's important to see it through and kind of update you guys with us as we find out more information. So um, yeah, and I think that's something that with a lot of the other cases we talk about or we cover, they're kind of all done, and we know about the cases. We've yeah. you know researched and we've learned and we've heard about them prior, but this one we are living in real time, and I think you know it is important. Just we're seeing this all the way through, and we will continue doing updates on it. 
and I know that we got a little bit off topic <laughs> at some points in this, but and I think you know, I think happens. it's okay though. You know, we took a little break, and I think just coming back, we just wanted to literally. I don't know. We just wanted to film and talk, like not go through a bunch of specific details, but just kind of talk things through. And I think it's okay to get off track every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to throw one thing out there. We, I know Lakin and I have talked and we want to know what cases you guys want to hear about. Um, cause you know, we can come up with a thousand different cases oh, to yeah. cover cause we watch all kinds of crime shows and find cases on TikTok or whatever, but we want to know what you guys want to hear about. So, if you have any suggestions or any specific case that you want us to cover, drop it in the comments of a recent Instagram post or DM us on Instagram. Um, our username is the Twilight Terrors Podcast. Pretty simple. Um, so, yeah, give us your suggestions and we would love to cover a case that you guys want to hear. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything else, but I think that's it for no, this week. I think, yeah, you kind of covered it. I We are definitely interested in, um, like, covering what you guys are interested in. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's something we haven't heard about. We've heard of yeah. a lot of episodes. And like Julia said, we can come up with so many <laughs> at any point in time. But, like, you know, learning new cases and researching and just... Yeah, I think we want to understand, yeah, Yeah. we want to understand our audience, you know, so (laughs) whatever you guys want to know about, we will cover. So we will talk to you guys next week.